0: Indom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the latest in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Alright, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, we want to continue with... uh... Deliberation on just who is Lucifer, understanding Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, This is going to be part 3. But I'm going to try as much as possible to round this up so I don't bother you so much with so many details. But if you really want to go deeper in understanding what we're talking about, then you can access my website, www.davidogaga.org, www.davidogaga.org. Or R G. That's O R G. You can go there and there's gonna be a lot of details you can also find out for yourself in relation to this uh, discussion we're having. So we just take it again from Isaiah chapter fourteen, verse number twelve, and it says, How are they falling from heaven or Lucifer Son of the morning? How are they caught down to the ground with the working of the nations? And uh, we're trying to say from the previous studies that all of this have nothing to do with the, an angel that somewhere sometime along the line prehistorically to the arts. Nothing to do with that. And so you can go back to the part one and two of this series and listen to that again clearly. We've been able to establish the fact that this individual is actually the king of Babylon. Is that okay? Praise God. And then we indicated clearly also that the Adamantus... One of the early Christian theologians born in about AD 184, uh, who spent, uh, spent, uh, the first half of his, of his career in Alexandria, near Egypt, die, who died in 254 AD. He was the first one to spiritualize Isaiah 14 to mean Satan, theologically speaking. Otherwise, it wasn't so from the very beginning. Now, i just want us to look at it from the new century translation that's isaiah 14 verse number 12 and this is what it says king of babylon monister you are falling from heaven even though you were as bright as the rising sun now in the past the nations on earth bowed down before you but now you have been come down praise the lord you see that now that is precisely um, what Isaiah 14 Is actually talking about So if you read it from a simpler translation You're able to see clearly That it's not talking about An angel That fell somewhere sometimes From heaven Praise the Lord So here again this passage Isaiah Is actually talking about A king in Babylon It is also said that the image of the morning started falling from the sky He generally believed to have been borrowed from a legend In a Canaanite mythology I don't want to stress you on that But you can also do your own research To be able to find out So if you go by what we have seen As it relates to Jesus and John previously It was simply the dominion mandate And the greatness of the empire That was given to King Nebuchadnezzar By God That made him a monistat Because he was a servant of God Maybe you need to know that exactly. The way it was so you look at for instance the book of jeremiah 25 8 to 9 this is what you're going to say therefore thus says the lord of hosts jeremiah 25 8 to 9 because you have not heard my words speaking now to the household of israel like you find in isaiah 15 verse 4 you've no hearkened to my words behold i will send and take all the families of the north say the lord and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, will bring them, bring them against this land and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem and against all these nations round right about. And will destroy, utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and a heathen and a perpetual desolation. Now, here is a prophecy God gave through Jeremiah because of the rebelliousness and stubbornness of the children of Israel. Like you find in Isaiah 15, verse number 4. Alright, then Isaiah 25 God sent Nebuchadnezzar to take them into captivity So Now, what was the sin Specified of this king In relation to I'm talking about Nebuchadnezzar now He was the servant of God What was his problem What was the sin he committed What was the issue that led to his being cast down From the place of power and dominion Like you look at Isaiah 14 verse 3 For heart said in thy heart I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the stars of the north. Amen? Now, but here he was merely a human being claiming divinity. Like you can, if it takes time to read from that, Isaiah 14 16 to 17. When he began to say, I will exalt my throne above the high, I mean the stars of God, and I will sit among the congregation to the north side. He was trying to claim divinity. He was trying to claim the fact that he is God. That ordinarily is a human being. Right? So in Isaiah 14, 16, 17. He said, is this the man who is this the man who shook the earth? You begin to see that. The man who made the world a desert. These are the comments you see in Isaiah 14, 16 to 17. Now, he was claiming divinity with Anuida is just but man without knowing that God actually elevated them because of the sins of the children of Israel against God himself. That's how why God raised Nebuchadnezzar to be able to kind of punish them if you will by taking them into captivity. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So essentially Isaiah 13 through 14 is an oracle against the pride filled Babylon whose spirit is well demonstrated in Nebuchadnezzar arrogant boast. And see it here also. We can look at it from Daniel. Daniel chapter 4 verse 30. What did he say? The Bible said, the king spake and said, Daniel 4 30. The king spake and said, it's not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by my mind of my power and for the honor of my majesty. Can you get that? Listen to what he said. Nebuchadnezzar is talking now. The king spake and said, "Is not this the great Babylon, that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty. Praise God. You see that? But see, God chose him, and his anger against him for this pride. We can find that in Isaiah chapter 47 verse number 6 for instance. And this is what he says. I was wrought with my people. I'm trying to give you why God chose Nebuchadnezzar and why God got angry again with Nebuchadnezzar. I was wrought with my people, Israel. I polluted my inheritance and given them into their hand. That's Nebuchadnezzar. Thou that they showed them no mercy and upon the ancient has that very heavily laid their yoke. Isaiah 47 verse number 7 now says, And thou said, I shall be a lady forever. So that thou did not lay these things to thy heart. Neither did I remember the latter end of it. Verse 8, Therefore hear now these that are given to pleasure. That dwellest carelessly. That says in the heart, I am unknown as beside me. I shall not sit as a widow. Neither shall I know the loss of children. Now, but verse 9, But these things shall come to be in a moment in one day. The loss of children, the widowhood. They shall come upon them, upon thee in the perfection for the number of my sin. For the multitude of thy sorceries, and for the great abundance of thy enchantment. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thy heart, I am, and none no is beside me. Did you say it? This is now the state of Nebuchadnezzar. And that is... The kind of anger that god began to have against him because he would not acknowledge god and then he never i mean forgot to realize that god brought the children of israel to captivity through him because of their own rebellion so the whole of daniel chapter 4 is god's threat against pride and arrogance similarly this is what you find in isaiah chapter 14 i mean 13 through 14. now it's perfectly acceptable to say that a person like isaiah uh, uh, chapter 13 through 14 has a message for arrogance and pride wherever and in whomever He shows itself. But to say it's talking about an angel who rebelled against God in some faraway years is not scriptural and very unbiblical. Amen. Now, but what is it that Nebuchadnezzar did not acknowledge? Again, we we'll look at that. It is that God gave him the dominion to take Israel into captivity. You find that again, Jeremiah, like I said before, 25, 8 to 9. Let me read this again. Thus said the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words. He said that to Israel. Behold, I will send and take the families of the north. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my world servant. And this is exactly what he did. Praise the Lord. So he used the Nebuchadnezzar, as his servant, to take the children of Israel into captivity. So now, how was he cast out and what does it mean to be cast out? Often and again, the casting down of Satan from heaven is found in the book of Revelation 12, 7-14. And then people link this with Isaiah 14. That we are going to be examining briefly as well. But I cannot stand if we say Satan's detourment was prehistorical. Revelation 12 itself we has deal with fully, if we have to make progress, along this line. But let's quickly look at a few passages In scripture that talks about He shall have been cast down If you look at Matthew 11, 12-23 And this is what he's going to say And our companion which I had exalted unto heaven That shall be brought down to hell For if the mighty work which have been done in thee Have been done in Sodom It will have remained until this day But I say unto thee That it shall be more tolerable For the land of Sodom In the day of judgment than for thee now, I want you to take note of this. Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, um, Capernaum was exalted to heaven. What is that supposed to mean? This is an expression used to denote great privileges. It means Campania was a city which inhabited, which, which inhabitants, therefore, were peculiarly favored with, with instruction. The city was prosperous. It was successful in commerce. It was significantly favored by its wealth. But above all, It was significantly favored by the presence, the preaching, and the miracles of the Lord Jesus here in this city. In Capernaum, he spent a large part of his time in the early part of his ministry. And in Capernaum also, in his neighborhood, he performed his chief miracles. That is why it is said that she was exalted to heaven. Meaning, the exaltation to heaven speaks of the manifold presence of the Lord in a location or sphere. So when he talks about me brought down, Qatar. Basil to cast down, to precipitate, you know as it were, meaning, Capernaum will lose this exalted position because of a heart of unbelief and the departure of the law from there. This is very simple. This is how Capernaum was cast down. He was not exalted to a heavenly state, let's say, up in the sky where God lives. That's not what he's talking about. When he talks about being cast down, he was dealing with the issue of I mean Capanion not Not experiencing again The glory that Jesus Brought into the city while he was there Are you with me Alright this we know then to have been strictly fulfilled In the wars between the Jews and the Romans Corazin, Bethesda Capanion, etc were so completely desolated That it's difficult to determine Their former situation Amen again we will look at the case of Israel In the book of Lamentations chapter 2 Verse number 1 I mean I'm describing how Satan was Come down like you find the book of Revelation or like you can find in Exodus, I mean Isaiah chapter fourteen now. Yet again in Lamentation two verse one we are told, How ah, the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with cloud in his anger and cast down from heaven unto the air the beauty of Israel, and remember not his footstool in the days of his anger. Praise the Lord. How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud. Here we find that the women, for instance, in eastern countries, we have veils and often we are costly ones. Here also, Zion is represented as being veiled by the hand of God's judgment. And what is that veil? A dark cloud that which she was entirely obscured. When he talks about me covered with a cloud, means to be covered with the darkness of disgrace. The beauty of Israel speaks of his temple. His footstool in this passage speaks of the Ark of the Covenant That is a temple with the Ark You just need to compare other scriptures on that The ones has glorified more in the Ark than in God Whose symbol it was Praise the Lord So when talking about being cast from heaven onto the earth Like in the case of Matthew 11.23 which is companion Here in Israel Let, me, let me in chapter 2 it means was to be cast down from the highest prosperity to the lowest misery. Why beauty of Israel was a beautiful temple, like I said before, but now the Lord allowed the Caledon to destroy it, cast down, that is, thrown down from the highest glory and honor to the meanest degree of servitude. Can we say the meaning of being cast down now? Okay, so now we we'll come to Nebuchadnezzar. Again now in Isaiah 14, verse number 12 to 13. 15 you can read all that but simple statement here is how other verse 12 said how other falling from heaven O lucifer son of the morning how other down to the ground with it wickedness wicked the nations same thing he was brought down from the realm of glory and the nation occupied with him as a king to the realm of shame is it simple so daniel's interpretation of the king's dream uh, to him also said the same thing you find in the book of Daniel chapter uh, chapter two and verse uh, thirty seven. Thou king at a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. In you know, verse thirty seven, say, and whosoever the children, whosoever the children of men dwell, the base of the field and the fowls of the heaven, had they gave it into thy hand and made thee ruler over them. Thou art this head of gold. Praise the Lord. Can you get it? No, so that's what he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar about when he talks about being cast down. Now, Nebuchadnezzar attained to the height and glory, <coughs> excuse me, as God has given to him. But he never acknowledged that. So, when he was brought down, it means he was cast down. So, we see that the one that was cast down in Isaiah 14 is a pride filled Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar was cast down many nations that is he will have destroyed and enslaved many nations nothing to do with a spirit being called lucifer up in heaven somewhere some years back are you with me for that has said in the heart in verse verse, verse 13 and we ascend to heaven if he was already in heaven with god as we are made to believe why was he intended to ascend to heaven again which level of state of heaven was he then in His thought was simply his ambition to rule the world. In other words, I will rule the world like God. That's what he was trying to say. Not ascending to another heaven. He was already in heaven. That's what he told us. That's what they've been preaching. So if he was already in heaven, which heaven was he ascending to? Sometimes we don't even think when we look at the scriptures. You see that? So look at this again. Daniel 2.37 You, O king, are the most powerful king on earth. I'm reading a simple translation. Message translation. The God of heaven has given you the works, rule, power, strength, and glory. He has put you in charge of men and women, wild animals, birds all over the world. You are the head ruler. You are the head of gold. Right? Daniel 2, 37 to 38 from the Message translation. So this is what led to his pride and the intent of his heart. So to be cast down is simply to be dethroned from the position of authority and power. Therefore, the removal of the king from power was being cast down from heaven... Not where God was. Are we together? Okay, praise the living God. So again, let me just look at a few things here. Uh, I'm starting. This is what I, I exalt my throne uh, above the above the stars of God. For instance, what is that supposed to mean? When he said, "I will exalt my throne above the stars of God," what stars what are they talking about? Stars are of the children of Israel. If you must understand that. The very house of Judah, which was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. God's promise to Abraham was that his children shall be as the stars of heaven. Israel and the sons of the seashore the Gentile nations. That was the promise God gave to Abraham. You see, in Genesis 37 verse 4, you find that Joseph also had a dream of the eleven stars, the moon and the sun, bind unto to him, which speaks of his eleven brothers, the mother and his father. So, the king of Babylon was saying... My throne shall be exalted above Israel as a nation. You can compare that again in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse number 10. Then, moreover, I will take from thence the voice of mind and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the mind and then the light of the candle. Verse 11 said, And these shall be, there shall be a desolation and astonishment, and these nation shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Praise the Lord. So, you know what he is trying to say here. I will take away from them that the children of Israel now, the voice of the bridegroom, which is Christ, and the voice of the bride, which is the church of Christ. By implication, I will bring a separation between them and their God and cause their joy to cease. Very simple. Can you follow it? Praise the Lord. Now, here is a crowd of the children of Israel when they were in Babylon under the servitude of Nebuchadnezzar when he declared to them, I mean, after the Lord have taken away their joy, which is the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom. Look at it. In Psalm 137, verse number one. Psalm 137, verse number one. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, yea, we wept when we remember Zion. We hang our hearts upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carry us away captivity required of us a false song. And they that wasted us require us in mind, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the long song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her coming. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, praise God. Did you get that? This is not what the children of Israel were saying. In Babylon, meaning the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom and the sound of the milestone have been taken away from them. The milestone was what was used or millstone, or what was used to grant bread, just like talking about give us our daily bread. Hallelujah. All this was taken away from them when they got to Babylon, so that's what it was talking about. Then when he said, I will sit to rule the congregation that is to the size of the knot. What is the side of the north supposed to mean? You can sign that again in the book. The, 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 the side of the north is simply nothing more than Mount Zion, which is the church of the living God. That's Israel. Look at it. Psalm eight forty-eight, verse 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole heart is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great God or the great king. So, this is the man's of divine presence of God and can be further seen in Exodus 25, verse, 20, verse 22. Is that okay? So, it's the same thing. The king busting will still say, I'm going to rule over the church of God. You can compare Hebrews chapter 12, from 22 down. You'll be able to see that man zion speaks of the church so when he say i will exalt my throne above the south of heaven i'm going to say to rule on the congregation on the side of the north what it means to say i'm going to rule over the children of israel praise the living god and we know that that mandate was given to him right or through from jeremiah 25 8 to 9 when god told him he was going to be his servant to rule the people and so he never realized it was god that gave him the dominion to rule israel that's what we see here now, when you go to verse 14 of Isaiah 14, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high God. Okay, what again is the cloud that he talks about? The very cloud of witnesses. You can find that again in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, for instance. The cloud of glory. Wherever he said, when advanced, uh, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, Hebrews 2, compass about, sorry, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore we see we compass about With so great a cloud of witness Clouds here speaks of the sins of God Those without the spirit are called clouds with water You can find that in Jude chapter I mean Jude verse 11 and 12 Those are clouds without water You know they are those without the Holy Spirit Or the life of God in them Peter refers to clouds without water As clouds without well I mean wells without water You find that in Second Peter chapter 2 12 to 19 as well but those with water are the class of glory the very body of christ so here again is the boasting of him ruling over the sons of zion israel the church of god again we observe this fact when it is a single cloud it speaks of the symbol of the presence of god like you find in isaiah 4 verse 5 exodus 10 verse 21 so this agree with first Thessalonians 2:4. second 2 verse 4 when he talks about above, or that is called God, as here above the cloud, and as the Shekinah cloud was connected with the temple, there follows, He as God seated in the temple of God, answering to, I will be like the Most High God, as spoken by King Nebuchadnezzar. When he talks about sitting above the cloud, above the cloud, he's talking about sitting above or controlling the children of Israel. I will sit in the temple. The temple is where God is supposed to be seated and to rule from. So the temple was in the wilderness, symbolizing the presence of God in the midst of his people. So Nebuchadnezzar was simply saying he wants to assume the position of God in the midst of the children of Israel. He's referring here on being in charge of their day-to-day affairs. Is that okay? Praise God. So again, you move to verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 14. He said, and yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the size of the pit. Verse 16 says, They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider the saying, Is this the man that made the air to tremble and that made it shake kingdoms? Praise the Lord. Now, again, this is speaking of it being cast down from the realm of glory. Here was the interpretation of his own dream to him, his punishment and his final recovery when he acknowledged God to be the ruler. In all nations in Daniel 4, verse 24, and this is what he said. This is interpretation, O King, and this is the decree of the Mosai, which is come upon thy my Lord King. That thou that they shall drive thee from men, and that dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass and and they shall wed thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee. They don't know that the Most High Ruler in the kingdoms of men are given to whosoever he will. Amen. So once again we say that Isaiah 14 have nothing to do with one time spirit angelic being that from um, from heaven because of rebellion against God. But rather there's a very ambition of a prideful person of the king Nebuchadnezzar. And this chapter is not of, of the ambition and the fall of Satan, but of the pride, arrogance, and the fall of Nebuchadnezzar, as he thought of ruling over the sons of God, which has to do with Israel. Are you following this? Praise the Lord. And then the most interesting aspect I would like us to cover here before we end this section is the, what we find in the book of Revelation, chapter number 12. Because people connect these to Isaiah 14, which have no connection one bit. In, in Revelation 12, verse number 7, the Bible says... And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angel fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against the angel, and prevailed on there. that I was yet found a place anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out that old serpent and called the devil, and Satan could deliver the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angel were cast out with him. And the, <coughs> excuse me. And verse ten says, And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven, now is conservation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accused of our brethren is cast down. Which accused them before our God day and night Amen So the war in heaven Most of them, what we see is the linking of this scripture together To, to prove I mean uh, Isaiah 14 And Revelation 12 To prove the fall of Lucifer What they call Lucifer as far as the church is concerned Which was prehistoric That is to say That the above passage is talking of what happened Some years back When Satan rebelled against God How does he relate to Isaiah 14 Lucifer? Are they speaking of the same event actually? In some way then that happened some years back. Can they be tied together? Are the personalities here the same? Let us take a look. Praise the Lord.